Hi friends, welcome back to a brand new episode of OK Now Breathe podcast. I'm Megan from OKNowBreathe.com, where I share stories about childhood trauma to help you heal your inner child so you can learn to love yourself once and for all. This episode is for the ones who grew up in households where they had to walk on eggshells, where they had to tiptoe around their parents, and for the ones who had to read their parents' moods in order to help them get through the day. I know I'm not the only one, but my mom was certainly somebody who, if she was in a bad mood, everyone else had to be in a bad mood. If she was in a good mood, it was appropriate for us to be goofy and have fun and laugh and play. And of course, at the end of the day, it is our responsibility, say if she was in a bad mood, to protect ourselves from that bad mood and to not let that bad mood infect us with that poison. But when you're growing up, it's like you had to be silent and quiet if my mom was in a bad mood. You cannot have fun. You cannot be goofy. You cannot laugh or play. You had to soak into that negativity and that bad mood. And we grew up interpreting our mom's moods, you know, for protection. You know, we had to go into the situation and judge it and read our mom's body language because she wouldn't really be somebody who flat out said, oh, I need some quiet right now. I need some alone time. Can you go play upstairs or play outside while I have this alone time? No, we had to go into every situation. And my mom spent most of her time on the couch downstairs. She never was in her bedroom, bedroom she shared with my dad. She always slept and watched TV, read her books, did everything on the downstairs couch. And basically the whole downstairs was kind of like, I don't want to say like necessarily like an open concept, but there is only one door for the office, which was our toy room, where we had a lot of our toys before we, you know, before we had more toys in our bedrooms. And that was the only room that had a door, but downstairs we had the kitchen, the living room, the family room, the dining room, and a bathroom. Obviously, the bathroom had the door. But, you know, our whole world Every single day revolved around if my mom was in a good mood or a bad mood. And if she woke up cranky, you know, she would be somebody to slam doors. She would be somebody to stomp her feet. She would be the person to say there was, back when there was landlines for the phone, she would take the phone off the hook and she would put the phone, like next to our landline, there was uh, the silverware drawer and she would put the phone in the drawer and close it. And so much of growing up, it was our responsibility in a lot of ways to take care of her. Um, My mom worked overnights, and I mean, my sister had to be the responsible ones to wake our mom up for her to go and get ready for work. You know, me and my sister, we bought a wall calendar, like a calendar for the... um, Uh, It was magnetized for the fridge, and we encouraged her to use her alarm clock, but she would never use those things. So me and my sister would have to guess. (laughs) A lot of times we would have to guess if she worked that night, and sometimes we would wake her up, and she'd be like, I don't have to work, or she would, uh, 
she would get called off work or be put on call a lot. She was a nurse and she wouldn't answer the phone in the house, but if she thought maybe it would be the her work calling to put her on call she would like hurry up off of her couch and basically like sprint over to the kitchen where the phone was and answer and she'd be like yeah I'll turn my cell phone on you know just call me if I need to come in and you know because my mom's schedule uh it alternated week to week and so me and my sister would be hard to keep track like why were her kids the responsible ones you're the adult you are, you are the adult. And like thinking back, like she made us get ready for school since I was five years old in kindergarten. She would make us wake her up to take us to school. We would be the ones to have to make our lunch and we would have to do, get ourselves dressed, do all of that from the time that we were really young kids. And here she is a grown adult and she couldn't even set an alarm to make sure she was able to go to work. And Like, sometimes, you know, because we didn't want to wake her up, if, say, she didn't have to go to work, and so we would kind of, like, go into her purse and try to look at her calendar, her little pocket calendar, to see, because she would always mark the days that she would work, and we, my sister was looking one time, and my mom, like, woke up from a dead sleep, and she's like, why are you going through my purse? And it's like, it really bothers me, and she would always have these assumptions that we were stealing from her, stealing money from her, and none of that made any sense. My mother was a very paranoid person. She always assumed the worst in everybody, and she always wanted everybody to feel sorry for her. And it's just growing up in that environment of it was my mom's mood dictated the whole entire household. Like I remember if my mom was in a bad mood, she would scold me for laughing. She'd be like, okay, enough already. I was not allowed to enjoy my life. I was not allowed to have fun. And my natural personality is somebody who loves to laugh. I'm a very bubbly person. I can find humor in most cases. And to be honest, I love to laugh. I think, I don't know, being in a room full of laughter where you're you're laughing till you're crying is my favorite, favorite human emotion. Like, I feel like laughing with my husband and we like laughing so hard we can barely breathe and we're kind of like leaning on to each other is one of the most intimate human experiences we can have. And I love it so much. And I didn't get to experience that growing up. And I'm so sad and so angry for the little Megan. And growing up like this, Growing up in this environment has made me become somebody who's so blocked off to, I guess, human. You know, for years I was blocked off to human because I was always, from all the times that I can remember, all the years, I was always reading people. I was always trying to pick up on people's energies. Like, is this person in a good mood today? Is this person in a bad mood today? And it was always black or white, good mood, bad mood. And it's like, is this a good person or is this a bad person? And the way this has weaved into my life and into who I am as a person, like at my core, you know, I block a lot of people away, you know, because it gets exhausting reading people all the time. And 
it's like a form of protection for myself, but it's also like I get annoyed with myself because a lot of the time I feel like I'm always just perceiving people. I'm always like digging so deep into people's eyes and their body language that sometimes when I'm so focusing on, I guess, perceiving or judging the situation, a lot of times like I don't, I guess, what do I, how do I say this? Like, I don't necessarily take what they're saying in, or I just take who they are in, and I try to really dig deep. And, like, my brain is always circulating. Like, is this a good person? Is this a bad person? Is this person worth my time? Is this person worth my energy? And it's like, if somebody's constantly, like, putting off the standoffish energy, I'm intimidated, and I'm like, well, I'm, hello, (laughs) I and I feel like I give off that energy a lot like I am a Scorpio rising but I do feel like because of the way that I grew up and how I was taught to perceive things or how you know I was conditioned to perceive things and to always be judging and always searching 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 I feel like I block my heart off to people because I'm always in this place of not trusting people. From everything I've experienced up until this point, I have so much concrete proof of how scary people can be. How people can look a certain way, but you don't really know who they are on the inside. And it really, from the things that my grandpa did, or the things that my mom did, or the person who sexually abused me, or whatever, I feel like nobody's safe. And I feel like I'm always perceiving and judging people. And my heart chakra is so blocked a lot of the times. Like, I don't let people in. Like, I do, I don't know. I'm like a walking contradiction sometimes where I do let people in. I'm very vulnerable. Ow. <laughs> I just hit my elbow. I'm really vulnerable. And I and I express myself. And if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok at OK Now Breathe, you get to hear my stories. You get to, to see how I experience reliving these stories over and over again. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, nobody loves you. You're not worth anybody's time because I grew up and I wasn't worth my mom's time. Like I was just a nuisance to my mom. I was just, I was just somebody to take on my mom's responsibilities. And when you grow up learning to judge situations and when you have all that trauma wrapped up with that, it creates a recipe for this shell that it's very hard to break. It's very hard to get out of. It's very hard to walk through life and not have all these things from your past keep trickling itself. Like a little water drop. You might think you're moving past it or you think you're over it, but then you just feel a water drop. Say like when you're you're walking, I don't know, walking down a street on the sidewalk and all of a sudden you get a bit, it's not raining anymore but you start to feel water drops and you look up and you're walking underneath the trees and like it's a leftover water from the trees. That's why I feel like all these leftover feelings, all these leftover experiences, all these leftover pain, 
still trickles itself. And it, it weaves into our psyche. And it weaves into the way we think about things and perceive things and judge things. And if you're like me and you grew up having to tiptoe around your parents or having to walk on eggshells because you didn't know if one thing that you would do would set them off and you would blame yourself. You'd be like, I, I guess I need, to, I need to quiet myself. I need to hide myself away. I need to shrink myself. I need to make myself invisible. Because if I make any noise... If I have any opinion, if I express myself at all, I could be the thing that gets my my family wild up to get my parent mad. I'd be the one. And we put so much blame on ourselves. In reality, it's their responsibility how they react to situations. And a lot of times, we weren't even in the wrong. A lot of the times, we're just sitting there. A lot of the times... We are expressing ourselves, expressing our feelings, expressing our thoughts, expressing our emotions. And a lot of our parents don't want that. A lot of parents think that us having an opinion is disrespect. But that's not okay. That's just not okay. Because I am human and you're human and we have opinions and we have a right to our opinions and we have the right to stand up for what we believe in what is right what is morally ethically right we have this responsibility you and me it's a big responsibility to have but the reason why we think about our childhoods and we think about the way it affects us and it, and we think about how it affects the people that we interact with it's our responsibility to heal. What happened to us was never okay. What happened to us was never our fault. We never brought any of the pain and the trauma, the abuse, and the neglect onto ourselves. That was our parents' responsibility. And if our parents grew up in this cycle where their parents were abused and traumatized, and then their parents, and then their parents, and it just becomes a cycle of generational trauma, generational abuse, and it's, it gets to a point where if we are solidified and that we want to break this chain and we will do anything we can to do that then that's our responsibility and that's our tears and that's almost our burden that we have to hold you know i feel like sometimes i am this big burden when it comes to feeling like i'm the one who has to make these sacrifices I'm the one who has to put all the responsibility of growth and change on me. And I'm that trickle effect. I'm the one who talks about these traumas. I'm the one who talks about the traumas with my, my sister or, say, my family members. Where it opens their eyes to their experiences and the things that they've had to endure from their parents or whoever it might be. And it all starts with us waking the fuck up. It all starts with us waking up to our pain, to our trauma, and something as little. It's not little, but nobody takes it as having to tiptoe and walk on eggshells around your parents as something big. You know, we talk, we think that's like something, yeah, it's an inconvenience, yeah, it's kind of, kind of puts you into a shell and quiets you down and makes you, like I said, a shell of yourself. But we don't think about that as like physical neglect or emotionally like 
calling us dumb or stupid or a waste of space or that will never amount to anything. Those things are a little bit more obvious. But something as simple as feeling like you can't even laugh when your parent is having a bad day, where their bad day consumes them, and then it has to consume you as well. Because if you're happy, you're the problem. You're wrong for feeling happy. You're wrong for laughing. You're wrong for joking. Like, that is so messed up. That is so messed up. And I feel like this happens all the time. I feel like that trickled. That trickled and trickled and trickled where I always felt like I was too much because I was somebody, I am somebody who's bubbly and I love laughing and I love breaking out into random dances and songs. I love feeling free. Like, feeling free is when you're laughing. But so many times when I was laughing, people would be like, why are you laughing? Or stop laughing? Or blah, 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 blah. All these people put their bad day or their bad moments and they try to dull your sparkle. They try to dull your shine. And it's like, our personalities are all so different. Our personalities are ours. And our personalities are unique and beautiful. And so many people try to take that away from us. And a lot of the times when we're people who have experienced years and years of childhood trauma and when we're teenagers and adults, wherever it might be, we start to lose our personality and we start to forget who we are. And a lot of times if we grow up from years of trauma, we don't know who the fuck we are. And a lot of that starts with not being able to laugh because your parents are in a bad mood. Not being able to have an opinion because your parents are always right. Not being able to voice a concern. Not allowed to have any freedom of expression. And this gets me to the point of thinking that my mom would threaten to kick me out of the house if I ever got a tattoo. It makes me think about the times that my mom would threaten to shave my hair off in my sleep if I ever dyed my hair an unnatural color. And when you think about that, my whole existence was meant to please my mom. My whole existence was meant to be a carbon copy of everything that she thought was right. But I am an individual, and guess what? I don't even like my mom. (laughs) You know, I haven't talked to my mom in years, and I'm glad I haven't. Because I feel like if it was still, if I still talked to her, I still think I would be a shell of myself. And right now, a lot of the times, a lot of days, a lot of days, I still struggle with feeling like a shell of myself. I still struggle with feeling like I'm too much for people, that I should dumb myself down, that I should quiet myself down, that I shouldn't stand up for what I believe in, that I shouldn't be laughing when things are funny. That I shouldn't be making jokes and being my witty self, my goofy self. Like my husband always calls me his goofball. He calls me bubbles. You know, he loves me for me, and a lot of the times I can't accept that. I can't accept that he's telling me these things because I don't believe him. At my core, I don't believe him a lot of days. And I'm sure if you struggle with going into circumstances, reading people, and interpreting, and trying to protect yourself. I'm sure you don't even know who you are a lot of days. And that's so sad. And that's why I do what I do every single day at OK Now Breathe 
to help people like me, like you, learn to accept and love and cherish themselves, to honor themselves, to appreciate themselves. Because we have so much trauma that it's scary. It's scary to even think about being healed or to healing or to take that first step. Because it feels like if you take that first step, you're scared of what you're going to uncover. You're scared of losing the relationships with your family. You're scared of how moving forward your life is going to look. And I promise you, it's not going to look the same if you're at the beginning stages, middle stages. Heck, I don't even know what my life is going to look as I continue on this healing journey. But I'm so glad I decided to take it all those years ago. I'm so glad I chose myself. And I hope and I pray that you choose yourself too. And I want to encourage you to follow me on all my social medias. I'm active on Instagram and TikTok especially. I'm posting on Pinterest and of course my website oknowbreathe.com. I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your day to listen to OK Now Breathe podcast. And I hope you will join me on my next episode. I will talk to you again very, very soon. Bye.